The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Now we have our expert slot, and I'm delighted. Mary's just walked in. So welcome, Dr. Mary O'Kane, lecturer in psychology and early childhood education. You're very welcome, Mary. Thank you, Luke. Lovely to meet you. Great stuff. Yeah. Now, loads of questions have come in already on parenting. And by the way, please send us in any questions you might have. Very happy to answer them as, as Mary will be able to. 53106 is the number. So the first one is, I have been leaving my 10-year-old in the house for short periods over the past few weeks while I've been nipping out with my little one to run to the shops or whatever. My sister has told me she is shocked I would do this, that she would never have left hers alone in the house at that age. I feel he is more than ready for this responsibility. But now my husband is saying maybe she is right. I have looked online but can't find any age when it is legal to leave them in the house. Can I ask what age you would recommend? He is not allowed out to play, by the way. Just stay in the house. Well, she's right. We have no legal age in Ireland. It's not set in stone, but there's a reason for that, Luke. Because it's funny that her sister says, I would never have left mine in the house at that age. But they're all different. And we know I'm always talking about development, child development, but they're individuals. So you have to think about the maturity of the child, the capability of the child. So if at 10, quite a few parents would say, you know what, I'm going to start leaving them for little bits of time on their own. And the thing is, just ask yourself, okay, do, if you really think they're able, sit with them before you leave. Talk to them about, okay, you know, do you phone me if? Or what if somebody rings on the doorbell? Or maybe you have a rule, now you're not allowed to cook anything. Or So you kind of think of the options and, and you talk them through and you, you give them slowly baby step bits of responsibility. But I'm laughing as well. She says he's not allowed out to play. And that's another one. Parents go, what age should I should I let them out to play and whatever? And I'm oh look, I must tell you about this bit of research. It just it makes me laugh every time. So the University of California did this piece of research with parents. So they got a thousand five hundred parents, and they were trying they were trying to evaluate their idea of risk of children being left on their own. So they had two scenarios, and they told them this little girl was in a cafe on her own, sitting at a table, reading a book for 45 minutes, okay? So they wanted to see if they thought it was safe. So there were two scenarios. The first scenario was the mum had been supposed to collect the little girl, but she got delayed, she couldn't get there. Oh, panic stations. So the little girl was left. The second scenario was the mum had planned it. She'd had to go somewhere and she'd arranged with the little one, you're going to sit there and read your book for 45 minutes. Well, when they asked them what they felt was safe or risky, they felt the situation, the pre-planned one, was risky. And that goes against yeah. everything we would know. Because the little one left abandoned. Like, that parent hadn't thought, are you old enough? Are you mature? They hadn't spoken to them. But it tells us what, as parents, how judgmental we can be. You know, bad mother left yeah. her eight-year-old there. So, oh, Guilt. that's so yeah. dangerous. Yes, isn't yeah. that it? But it does make, it reminds us that we, we're sometimes not good at judging what's risky. And if, if this person, the lady, it's a mother, if she really feels, you know what, he's mature, he's capable, I've talked through stuff, well, you go with your gut yeah. instinct. It's kind of case, case by case basis. Isn't that And 10-year-olds, yeah, I mean, they should be beginning to learn oh, a bit of independence. Yeah. And that's one way to help them, I guess, isn't that's it? Leave it, them alone Luke. for a while. You yeah. Know, the idea, yeah. If you think about it, okay, now, they're not really adults at 18, are they? Any, any of the um, parents out there who have older kids will know, no, 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 I mean, the brains are still developing for years. But say we judge 18 as an adult. At nine, they're halfway there. Like, yep. you need to be start encouraging independence. Yep. 
Right. Now, the next one, I am a mother of three and I suppose I'm looking for reassurance. My first two children are quite similar to each other and I suppose similar to me, but my youngest is the opposite. While the first two are calm and sensitive, he is just a powerhouse of a child. He needs more attention than the other two put together. It's not an age thing. It's not gender. My eldest is a boy too. He is just so different to the other two. He exhausts me physically and mentally. I'm worried that it is going to have an impact on our relationship long term as I find the other two so much easier. I am beginning to think of him as my difficult child. Oh, that you see, you don't... Challenging, doesn't it? Uh, it is. Just when you think parenting is getting easy, you have this child who tests everything you thought you ever knew. But I think it's kind of sad to think of a child as a difficult child. Funny, you know, if, if she had said, okay, he's really got awful trouble with getting distracted and he's, in my view, hyperactive, I'd say, okay, well, maybe look at this child. But you look at what she's saying... She has these two calm, sensitive little children, as she relates to it, and along comes a powerhouse. And we think about temperament immediately. And the easiest way I always think to explain to parents about temperament is if you imagine a scale, okay? And at one end of this scale is a lamb, and at the other end of this scale is our rooster, okay? And the, the lamb is quiet and they're gentle, like a child who's a lamb. You might nearly say they're slow to warm up. They, they're maybe a bit cautious in new situations. So these are these little lambs. And at the other end of the scale, you have the rooster and they're vibrant. and they're, they, But they can be challenging, but they can be independent and strong and confident. There's no right or wrong. Like a lamb isn't better than a rooster and a rooster isn't better than a lamb. They're just different. And our kids are along this scale. And it sounds to me like she has a rooster and she's a lamb. And it's just parenting differently, yeah. isn't it? You know, yeah, indeed, yeah. It, it's thinking differently. With roosters, run the legs off. And you, maybe parent differently to you do with your lambs. Yeah. So get them out, get them about, get, challenge them, you know. So you're, you're thinking differently about this child. But please don't think he's a difficult child. He's no. not difficult. He's different. Yeah. And that can be great. Like roosters can be fabulous. They can be fabulous when they're grown up and you're going to learn so much from this rooster child. So every time you're feeling really stressed, lots of deep breaths and think, oh, this rooster is going to teach me so much. Yeah. But just parent a bit differently. A bit differently. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, the next one, I can relate to this. I've got two. I have two, I have two boys and they're in their 20s now, mind uh, you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my two teenage sons have been at each other's throats since the, second, since the school holidays. Particularly the eldest seems to have no patience at all with his brother. It is constant and is turning our home into a battleground. Mm-hmm. I work from home three days a week and would prefer to be in the office at this point as the constant conflict is draining. There is no specific issue at hand. It is just niggles that turn into rows every day of the week. I think because they are just spending so much time together. Any advice on helping them to get along better together? Oh, it's hard, isn't it? And that feeling, that feeling, because I work a lot from home. Every parent who works from home, there have been days we've thought, oh, I'd prefer to be in the office (laughs) and you love your kids. But just sometimes you feel that way. But funny that it's the eldest seems to have no patience with the other. And it can be, I'm the eldest of three, so I'm defending the eldest children here. It can be hard sometimes. Usually we think when they're at each other's throats, there's a few things. First of all, it can be attention. Like one might feel you give the other more attention and you might say, but no, I I definitely don't do that. But sometimes we nearly do it without realising it. So the first thing I'd say is talk to them. Communication. Get them on their, yeah, it's not exactly, get them on their own and talk to them and try and figure out what's going on. But you know the other thing, Luke, summer holidays, the rain we've had for the past month. 
Are they bored out of their minds? And they're sitting at home all day? Could they do, the weather is supposed to improve. Could they do like a little grass cutting business together as a team? And if they could make a few quid, if they could do something that, any little task for, you know, nearly a bit of DIY for elderly people or get shopping or babysitting. If there's something they could maybe do together that might relieve the boredom, but make them feel more of a team. But definitely talk one-on-one with each one on and one. try and get yeah, to the bottom yeah. of it. My yeah. problem is getting the gang up against you because then they'd be united <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Oh yeah, we don't want that, that do we? No, you're better but... off with them at each other's throats. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> now the next one is a little more serious. My, my question is quite simple but is a huge challenge for us at the moment. My three-year-old daughter will only let me put her to bed. She wants me to do most things for her to be honest but bedtime is a real issue. I am exhausted by that hour. My husband is happy to take her to bed but she will only have me do it. So how do I get her to let him do it. Oh, and that can be exhausting. You you love your children so much and it's lovely that they love you so much, but it's exhausting. Can I just say, I'm sure this isn't easy for dad either. It's, you know when one of your children seems to favour the other parent and, and you know they love you, but it just feels hurtful as well. So nearly both of you are getting the rough end of the stick with, with this. So what I'd say is, now I know she's only three, so you have to bring it down a very simple terms, but it's about we both love you so much. You want to get that message, we both love you, but actually say to her, even the mum might say, Dad is feeling so left out. He loves you so much and he never gets to read your story. And he's saying he'd love to read you two stories every night at bedtime. So talk about your loving equally. So you've decided you're going to put in a routine. So we're going to share. We're going to take turns each night and then put a chart on her wall. Uh-huh. And she is the queen of the chart. So she gets to go in and say, whose turn is it tonight? Maybe she takes it off right. and works out. And then she gets to choose the stories that, that you know, dad reads and mum reads. So you want to nearly make it a bit fun, but right. she bring you a change. Now, if she goes, but I don't want daddy tonight, you have to say, oh, but I know sometimes it's hard when you want mum, but your dad is so looking forward to this and he's looking forward to the stories. And he said he read you this. You're really trying to encourage it along. But turn take kids are usually at three, they can get turn taking, you know, yeah. particularly if they tick. You kids at three are very concrete, like something visual. You can tell them something. Abstract is harder. Concrete, I'm ticking off my chart and I'm picking my books can be a good way to go. So give that a try. Right. And three year olds would be amenable to this kind of Logic. I'm not sure three-year-olds are amenable (laughs) to very much of it isn't what they want. But they're um, persuadable. Persuadable. And Tom's always talking about a bit of bribery. Oh no, (laughs) So the ticking though is a way of her feeling I'm in control of this as well, you know. So give it a bash. Give it a bash. Well, Mary, thank you very much as ever. Very good advice. You're more than welcome. Thank you. Lecture in psychology and early childhood education. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Luke. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.